Good morning. I'll just give a little time for them to go downstairs. The scripture for today is from the book of Hebrews, um, chapter 5, from verses 11 to 14. About this, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But, for salt, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have the powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, church. Again, we are here, and it's a good time to be here, to listen to the word of God. So let's open with a word of prayer to prepare our hearts and to ask God to open our ears, our eyes, and understand what he wants to tell us today. Amen. Lord, we come before you. This is your word. You gave it for our edification, you gave it for our correction, and you gave it for our training in righteousness. You gave it, gave it to understand the way of salvation, which is through Jesus Christ. By your spirit, make your word do all these things. By faith, in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Have you ever sat in a classroom where you have no idea what the teacher is talking about? There was a professor at the seminary who taught a two-week course twice a year. And the first week, we all sat and smiled, pretending we knew what he was talking about. The scary part was when he suddenly stopped and asked us questions about what he just said. He wanted to see if we were really paying attention and uh, understanding the things that he was saying. It was a pretty intimidating thing to be in the presence of this professor. Everybody left his class thinking, I really need to get ready and pay attention to what he says next time because nobody was able to answer correctly what he was asking us in the class. And this, my friends, is the effect that Hebrews intends to have in today's passage. If you remember last Sunday, Hebrews presented some rich and profound truths about the high priesthood of Jesus Christ. Hebrews has mentioned Melchizedek in verse 10, and now it's about to compare Jesus' ministry with Melchizedek's. These are crucial things to know, understand, and believe, but the writer 
wants to ensure his audience follows along before continuing. As a teacher in a classroom, he's looking at them. And instead of continuing with more profound things, more profound mysteries about Jesus and Melchizedek, he gets personal and looked at them, and without pulling any punches, he tells them at the beginning of verse 11, about this, about this, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain, but, but there is a problem. Have you heard that expression, Houston, we have a problem? It became very famous after the movie Apollo 13. You remember that movie? <clears throat> Interestingly, it became very, very, very famous, this phrase, but Few have paid attention to what the NASA chief of operations responds. When everybody was in panic, when everybody was talking at the same time, the chief of operations said, let us work with the problem, people, not make things worse by guessing. And that is what Hebrews is going to do next. You have a problem we need to talk about. We will not guess about what the problem is. We know what is the problem, and now we are going to address it before we move on. So last, last, let's talk about the first part of this problem. Let's talk about the, the first part of this spiritual assessment that the writer of Hebrews is doing in this part that we just read. Let's go and read together verse 11. Hebrews 5.11 says, about this, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain. And this is the problem. This is the reason. Since you have became dull, of hearing they have became they have become dull of hearing they have become lazy and sluggish so the writer of this inspired letter tells them that he cannot step on the gas because their tires are flat that's another translation of the word dull flat they have become apathetic to the things of God. And they no longer try to understand the connection between Jesus and the Old Testament. Jesus and the temple. Jesus and the sacrifices. Jesus in Genesis, as we saw with the kids here today in the morning, that he was announced. They didn't want to know more about these things. Have you ever tried to teach young people? I have, many times. To keep their attention is a challenge. Their attention span is about two minutes, and then you lose them. On the other hand, 
adults are supposed to be the example of civility in terms of paying attention, in terms of eye contact, in terms of respond appropriately when we are in a gathering like this. You look attentively, you smile like you are understanding everything. That's what an adult is supposed to do. So, here, Hebrews tells us that they have become dull. This was a severe critique to them. They were behaving like immature young people. They didn't want to know more than the basics, and they zone out when they were needed to go deeper and making an effort to understand more profound things about Jesus. It was if, if they were saying, I am already a Christian. I know the basics. I don't need to care to learn more. Let us pause for a minute right here. Don't you think this describes the church situation these days? In our days, it is very common to hear, as long as I love Jesus, it doesn't matter what else I believe. But Hebrews, the Word of God, is telling us that, that shows that we are dull to hear and that we will never grow in faith, character, and service to God. And that is why Hebrews tells us that this is a big problem. He's trying to encourage us and to tell us that there, is, that there is nothing more worthy and more beneficial to us than studying God's blueprint of our salvation in the Scriptures. When we are babies, we know little or nothing about getting food for ourselves, right? Baby believers as well don't ask, don't ask for more than milk and for the care of others. And this is the second part of the problem. This is the second part of this spiritual assessment Hebrews is pointing out here. First, they are what? Dull to hear the word of God. But second, they lack maturity go with me to verses 12 and 13 hebrews 5 verse 12 and 13 and it says for though by this time you ought to be teachers you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of god you need milk not solid food for everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is, what? Child. The situation is that the church and the people that Hebrews addresses should have been teachers and leaders already. 
They should have been spiritual leaders ready to instruct and disciple other people. Yet, they were still at the starting point. In the last couple of months, it has been common for Ana Patricia and me to wake up in the morning to find that Annelise, who is now 10 years old, has made scrambled eggs, pancakes, or toast for herself and for her sister, Amelia. Not for us. She needs to grow in that area, but for her sister. And that is a sign that she is maturing. She is not just worried about what she will eat, but she's also feeding her sister. That is a sign of maturity, right? Baby believers, spiritual babies, know little or nothing about giving to others. Without noticing, babies are a little bit selfish. It is always about them, their needs, their care, and they cannot think about anybody else than themselves. A friend of mine used to call them little tyrants. They cry and we run. They poop and we run. They want milk and we run. They want our attention and we provide them with our attention because an adult understands that there is a baby there that needs care. Same here. Hebrews tells us that when we are spiritual babies, we remain fixed on our little problems in our tiny kingdoms, missing out the richness of knowing Jesus and becoming more like Jesus. Remember when Jesus came, he was constantly saying, I came to serve and not to be served. That is a mature Christian. So here, the language that Hebrews is using is warning of a regression in the spiritual life of believers. Notice what it says in, in verse 13. You need someone to teach you again the basic principle. That means that there is not just the basic principles. There are more advanced principles of the oracles of God. There is more to discover. And he's saying, but you need milk, not solid food. It's like they were in this little pond, enjoying that little pond when they have an open, wide ocean of things to discover in the Christian life. And they were just enjoying in that little puddle. A Bible commentator says that this illustration is a little bit grotesque. It's not a good illustration. He says, could you imagine an adult infant who is still nursing? Can you picture that? 
No. <laughs> Think of the tragic absurdity of a full-grown man or woman in diapers who are neither capable of nor desire solid food and who sits around sucking their thumbs. Thumb. That is what Hebrews is doing here. Of course, Hebrews means no offense. The writer of Hebrews, inspired by the Holy Spirit, wants to shock us with this picture to encourage us to take our thumbs, thumbs out of our mouth and say, I am not baby. That is the purpose of that. The Word of God is asking us to mature in our knowledge of the Word of God, to move on from the basic principles of the oracles of God, to be skilled in the Word of righteousness, both words, uh, oracles of word, oracles of God and, order, and words of righteousness are synonyms in, in this passage of the Word of God, which is Genesis to Revelations. He's not saying that there is no time for the Word in the basic form, milk. No, of course, there is time for milk. But what, what the Bible is telling us, what God is telling us here is that there is a problem if we continue drinking from a bottle when we have a complete set of teeth to eat a steak. That is a big problem. In every situation, our responsibility followers of Jesus is to grow in our understanding of God's word and put it into practice. To encourage and support your spouse to raise children's children in the fear of the Lord and to make decisions of every kind. We have to be saturated with God's word. As parents, what will we do when our teenager or college age children come home with questions? Are we going to give them the wisdom of this world? Or are we going to give them the wisdom of God's word and his guidance. But in order to do that, then we need to start get, getting ready now. So the first problem of this spiritual assessment is that they were lazy hearing the word of God. Second, they were immature children in the faith when they should have been adults. But the third problem after this spiritual assessment was that they 
lack discernment. Notice that in the end, this is one same big problem. Their laziness of hearing produced a lethargy in their spiritual growth. And the last stage of this problem is a lack of discernment. Read with me verse 14. Verse 14 says, But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Notice how he starts talking about the word of God in verse 11. And then the word of righteousness in verse 13. And at the end of verse 14, he talks about being trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Maturing in the Christian life start with a diligent study of his word. There is no other way, my dear friends. Being trained implies an effort and a continuous practice of what we learn in God's word. This, this produces a progression in the Christian life. But laziness, immaturity, and a lack of discernment are a regression, regression, regression in the Christian life. Going back. Ken Hughes, in uh, his commentary of Hebrew, says that there is not such a thing as a static Christian. We either move forward or fall back. We are either climbing or falling. And we are either winning or losing. A status, a status quo Christianity is a delusion. I'm just quoting. Don't look at me so serious. Fortunately, there is one effective remedy and he's here in these Bible verses that is why he's making this full stop in the book of Hebrews before he enters to more deep and profound mysteries of God he makes a pause and say we need to get serious with God's word We need to get serious. The encouragement for all of us this morning is to apply ourselves to the truth in the Word of God, to train our minds to read, to memorize, to study, and to practice God's Word. It is important to get the ABCs of the Christian faith. 
But once we got it right, we need to advance toward a profound grasp of biblical truth. Consequently, we will be able to distinguish good teaching from bad teaching. Sound doctrine from poor doctrine. Or even good decisions making from sinful decision making. The professor we were afraid of in seminary later became a good friend who taught me many things. And I want to leave with you something he said to me once while I was driving him from the seminary to the airport. He says to me, Marvin, the one who reads the word of God is informed about who God is and who he is before God. The informed one thinks. And the one who thinks learns. And the one who learns is transformed. And he who is transformed then transforms others. That is spiritual maturity. The invitation that the book of Hebrews is giving us to all of us this morning. Do you want to continue being a baby? Or do you want to press on to maturity, to progress in your spiritual life? That is the goal ahead of you and ahead of me. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the encouragement that we are receiving from it to keep growing, to keep pressing on. Stop thinking that it's enough what we already know. Lord, help us to send away out of our heart complacency. We want to grow and mature in knowing you more. Even when these things that we are seeing in the book of Hebrews are so difficult, help us to, to study, to read them, to ask questions and to grow in maturity. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.